Hello, podcast listener. I want to play a game. The rules are simple. All you have to do is listen to America's most self-righteous podcast, The Pod People, without blowing your brains out. (laughs) Live or die. Make your choice. I'm Eduardo Scalpel. Scalpel hands. (laughs) Hey, Hefe. I'm I'm Pigsaw. (laughs) Bed sheets. (laughs) Yeah, baby. Um, Hi, I'm Cleveland Mosier, and the pig mask stays on. (laughs) During socks. During socks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we just got back from seeing socks. We did. Yeah. Um, we're, we're several weeks late on this one. We did finally get around to it. Saw movies have sort of interspersed the history of this podcast yep. before he was a full-time host. Cleveland's very first episode, guest episode was our torture porn episode, uh, episode four. Where we covered way too much material. We covered way too many movies. Yes, we've been we've been over that. We've learned, but we've we, grown we, a lot. We talked about the original Saw, and we also talked about Jigsaw, which had just come out at that right. time. Yeah, I just re-listened to that episode not long ago, and it was pretty funny listening to how defeated we all were talking about Jigsaw <laughs> and how fucking boring and dismal that was. Did you rewatch that recently? I rewatched it a couple of years ago before Spiral came out. It still Early sucks. This year, yeah, I rewatched yeah. it. Still, still bad, right? You yeah. still leave it defeated. Right. Well, and then, you know, moving on a couple of years later, um, we, we got Spiral from, from the, the Book, Book of, of Saw. Saw. I do a number two with my rifle. I do a number... That's right. I'm going to make it spin like a spiral. spiral. Do a number two with my rifle. The most enduring thing about that movie is the 21 Savage song over the, the closing <laughs> credits. I barely I remember... for the right reasons, but I respect it. I barely remember that movie, except it was bad. Um, there are a couple things I still think are okay about that film. I mean, yeah, a couple of the traps I remember being fine. I um, don't think that movie is all bad. It's, it's not, but... It's definitely not good mm-hmm. um, and has been forgettable, I think mostly because that was the franchise's attempt to move past Tobin Bell's John Kramer jigsaw. And uh, they saw how that went. So they said, by God, he's still alive, barely, but we got a few more years with him. So here we go. We're going to make Saw 10, Saw X. We're going to wheel Tobin back out and it's going to happen. And it did. And shockingly, lo and behold, pretty good. Pretty good. For a Saw movie? Great, even for a Saw film. Let's be careful throwing the word great around. I'm ready to. I'm hot. I'm coming in. Pretty funny that this movie is set between what? Saw one and two. One and two. So it would and be in about two. Th- it would be like late two thousand one, early two thousand two. Yeah. And, because uh, lest we forget, the original Saw happened on September tenth, two thousand and one, the day before nine eleven. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's a there's a part in the movie where uh, Carrie Elwes picks up the the little flip phone, the cell phone. And he looks at it, and it has the time and the date on it. September and the date 10th. is September 10th, 2001. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, oh, uh, 
This movie takes place immediately post 9-11. Wow. <laughs> this movie that we just watched, which makes certain aspects of it particularly funny to me, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that because it's kind of funny that, you know, they're they're wheeling Tobin Bell out because it's kind of a necessity. But at the same time, in the series story... You know, he dies at the end of three. Right. So well, I mean, really have to find ways to shoehorn him in. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it gives it it pretty severely limits the window within which they can tell his story. Like if they're going to have him back, it has to be before the events of Saw three when he well, dies. Yeah, and he, he um, does look a bit older than he did in the first. Of one, course. You know? yeah. but, I mean, it's it's 20 years later. Yeah. Him, I think it's. I mean, reason why I think that works. Him, I think it's it's a little bit more forgivable. Is probably yeah, the he's wrong word. Chemo, you know, he's going to be going back and forth in his health. Like chemo physically ages you. I mean, like, he's it, he's months he's months away from death, yeah, and he, that is a valid excuse. But at the same time, they also bring back Shawnee Smith, well, who looks much older. That's the thing. I was going to wait to get into that, but since here we are, here we are. I don't think it's it's. I think it's important to clarify that I don't think this is a gendered thing. I think what it really is is that there is a much bigger difference in appearance between 35 and 55 than there is between 60 and 80. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, Tobin Bell... I mean, Tobin Bell is 80 years old, and... They obviously they don't have him doing anything physically strenuous in this movie. You know he's hobbling around, and you can see his age. But yeah, for his character, he's been on chemo. He's months away from death. Like he never looked good in those early Saw movies either. It was more makeup then than it is now. There's still a lot of makeup. There's still a lot of makeup. It's it you really know, heavy under the eyes. I think it looked good. He he does look like an 80 year old man. The problem is with with Shawnee Smith, who is you know in her early 30s in those early Saw movies. Bring her back now. She's a woman in her mid 50s. It's much more apparent with her than it is with uh, with Tobin Bell. I have to say it too. Like I think the short haircut that she has in this movie doesn't do her any favors. It doesn't, but she had short hair in Saw 2. So they so they yeah. had they had but, to I mean, they didn't in have a Saw choice. One, she had long hair and this is between 1 and 2. So you probably could get away with her having long hair. Yeah. And that would cover some of like the old age stuff a little bit. I'm just for a Saw film. I ain't really all that worried about it. I mean, I'm if not anything, really. It kind of makes it funnier, and I'm that's not really like why it works. It works for me just s- fine. Saying I'm worried about it is going too far, but it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, in so many ways, this movie is like a return to form, and they're wheeling out all of these characters that we haven't seen in, you know. A decade or more so it is it's not one of those things where it's like i think it's terrible but it's like they are do it's like oh she pulls the pig mask off and oh remember amanda but it's like ah oh, man she looks old tobin bell looks old in the fucking one or two shots he's in hoffman looks old like it's like here's all these characters you remember but <laughs> from 20 years ago <laughs> 
Um, okay, I have a question for you guys. Now, there's no reality where this film had the budget for it. But would you prefer as is or with digital de-aging? If, mm, I mean, both are bad, but if they could get the digital de-aging from, like, the Irishman, then I'd say they should go with well, that. Well, that's the thing, like, Amanda doesn't really do much in this movie, so they could probably get away with digital de-aging. Yeah, I mean, More than she's... if she's, like, actively doing a bunch of shit in the movie. Hmm. She has a pretty active presence in the latter half of the film. She but, does. Know. Well, she's there a lot, but she doesn't, like, actively do a do lot action. of it. <laughs> yeah, and that would make the digital de-aging yeah. a bit easier. At the same time, I agree with you that it doesn't really matter. I just wanted to kind of point it discussion. out because it's... Well, it's, very noti- it's noticeable. It's been happening yeah. a lot in the industry lately, too. Anyway, the Indiana Jones film and yeah. uh, the Irishman and, like, so many other movies where they've been, you know, like, really focusing on, like, de-aging or digital de-aging or just bringing, bringing them back, wheeling them back in. Let's, yeah. you know, uh, Patrick Stewart, you know, in Star Trek and the rest, like, they're just keep, you know, they're just bringing back these old celebrities, you know, again and again. And Yeah, it's the I, nostalgia kick. I gotta and- say, though, like... Of all of those, off the top, off the dome, I'd rather have Tobin Bell back than than. I mean, I any, agree. Many of he's, the other like celebrities. He like, is. He has always been the heart and soul of the franchise. Yeah, and his, his voice still sounds dope. And his absence in uh, Spiral, you know, was was gaping. I would say. So it's like if they're gonna make more of these movies, it's like yeah, use Tobin Bell while you got him, as long as he's willing to do it. And I think he is. I think I mean that the the series like is his career for the most part. Well, I, and I think too, and like I think the, he's, the writing and, of this movie set him up for several dramatic layups that he's never had the opportunity to have in the Saw films. Yeah, I want to get into that. Um, because this is, in most ways, like, very much a return to form for the franchise to its fucking benefit, I yes. must say. Yes. I must say. Yeah, like, there are a number, of, in in so many ways, this movie, like, made me nostalgic for, like, the earlier Saw movies. And well, it's directed by Kevin Gruder, right? Who directed, like, what, five and six and wrote a lot of the sequels. Yeah, let's let's pull up his filmography. That was something that I had looked I at before. I know he directed a couple of them, and he wrote a couple mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, well, there's. The, I I'm glad you brought that up because that is one of the things that I was worried about going into this movie is who was handling it. Yeah, Kevin Gruder, the director. Uh, also did Saw 3D and Saw 6. The writers... Which are the less good ones. From the six app, right? six is, is pretty fun. Saw 7 is one of the worst of the worst. Yeah. Um, and then it five was... Five all right. This movie, this movie, yeah, five is fine. Five is fine. Um, like none of these, none of these movies are very good, but uh, compared to each other, compared to each other, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> this not movie, the breadth of cinema. <laughs> this movie was written by uh, Josh Stolberg and Pete Goldfinger, who uh, wrote Spiral. This um, movie, oh. this movie, yeah, really? uh, it, who wrote Spiral and Jigsaw. Um, so I was wow g- going into this. Didn't know that. Color me impressed. 
going into this, uh, there's always a chance, right? People can bring it back. You want you want to know what else they wrote? Damn, though? what a redemption story! You, frankly. Some of their some of their other writing credits, yeah. despite those, uh, Piranha 3D. Hell yeah! You like y'all like that movie, right? Fantastic One of the best. Movie. Also. Piranha 3 Double D, <laughs> which I've not seen, uh, but I know Ben says uh, Sorority Row. I don't know if y'all ever saw that no, that okay. dog shit movie. Um, nothing else of note, some other TV stuff. But yeah, so going into this movie, like obviously after Spiral and Jigsaw, like my expectations were fucking rock bottom. I was like, no way this is going to be any good. Especially seeing, okay, it's directed by the guy who did 6 and 7 and written by the guys who wrote Spiral and Jigsaw. Like, there's no precedent for this being any good. And what we got was a return to form that is, I think, probably one of the best in the whole franchise. I'm amazed. I'm yeah. amazed that in 2023... They can, we can they get can make one a of, Saw film where everyone involved in the process understood the assignment. Yeah. Like, well, from the writing, from the, the practicals, to, like, all of the, the beats, like, it felt like a fucking Saw movie, and it delivered. And again, this is all, all of this is contained within... <laughs> Saw. Within the Saw franchise. We <laughs> mustn't ever forget that. <laughs> when we say that this is a pretty good Saw movie... We're good for not, Saw. It's a it's pretty damn good for Saw. It's not a great film. See, but I, <laughs> I think the secret sauce here is the secret it, sauce. Yeah, sauce. truly. Um, it it feels like the the movie is truly a, a back to basics sort of thing. Yes, you know it's probably the most linear Saw movie. And it's probably the least convoluted song. But by an entirely self-contained. Yeah. You can watch this movie pretty much without having seen any of the rest of the franchise. And for the most, like, you don't have the, the point of reference for who Amanda and Hoffman are. But other than that... Ooh, I don't need it. But other than that, this movie gives you everything. It is... Why the least convoluted Saw film in the franchise? And what I will say, crazy, is when it does get convoluted with all the double double crossing stuff. It's right in the vein of the franchise. Yes, it Even frankly that should be there. Is not convoluted compared to compared a to lot of compared to most of it's the enough, late, it's of enough to sequels. be fun and and be funny and, I, and work. I will say, there's part of me that misses like the the galaxy brain like stupid convoluted you know ultra twists that some of those sequels have. I, I think it's charming how over-the-top some of those sequels get, but I really appreciate in this movie how it feels like everything is so well thought out. Yeah, you know? well, I think I, I kind of agree with you to an extent about, like, the, the just, like, enormously stupid galaxy brain twist but i think those are so contingent on context from like the rest of the fucking series that's why like when you're getting into fucking like five six and seven and you're seeing flashbacks from like four and three and two and just like all over the place making this movie now saw 3d came out in 2011 i think 2010 somewhere around there yeah, that so it's right. been 
over 10 years since that that mainline series. So I think they're really actually quite smart about this, that it does not reference the rest of the series too much because you can't expect audiences now to remember all of that insane deep lore. I've seen all of those movies like six or seven times and I don't remember all of the deep lore of those movies. Yeah. Like you just can't expect audiences to. Yeah. I mean, that's why you can't remember it because it doesn't fucking make any sense. It's so fucking stupid. It's a house of cards. And uh, no, what, what really matters is the kills. Yes. Is the kills, you know, and the fun deception game playing stuff. Yeah. And man, do we get that. The game. Ample amounts. Well, we finally do in the second half. That brings me to another point where this film does not feel like a return to form is in the first half, which I don't think is bad or is bad or even boring, but it, it sure is long. There is, there is like... Especially for these movies, the amount of time that this movie goes without killing somebody in a ridiculous uh, trap is is maybe longer than any stretch of time in any of the other movies yeah. where somebody they, doesn't they die. They thankfully give us the eye trap, uh, which is like our only... Sort of trap, and that's not even real. That turns out to be just him imagining what he wants to do to that guy. You know what I'll say though? That shit was real to me. Great. Well, no, I mean, great. great. I mean, it's a great first trap. It's a great setup. Yeah. Um. You know, it's referenced on the poster. The dude with like the the weird tubes coming out of his eyes. Yeah. The poster is the tubes cross over and make the X. It's done in the old. Okay. The 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 traditional saw posters and all the rest. Yeah. 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 Um. And it's uh, it's, yeah. Good poster. Yeah. yeah, and and he has to like turn a dial uh, to uh, have a machine individually break each one of his fingers because Jigsaw sees him stealing uh, stuff out of a hospital patient's draw like a uh, drawer by their bed. Sees him stealing. And he wasn't omniscient. He's just right there, and he yeah, he just happen. happens to be there. And <laughs> yeah, nice. so he has to break his fingers or the tubes they're attached to like a shop vac suck or something. His eyeballs <laughs> suck out. his eyeballs Which out. Because he was a cleaner. Like the guy's a cl- he's like cleaning. He's a the custodian. Room. Yeah, he's yeah. a custodian. So like you can see, is is John Kramer is watching the guy like steal from the invalid. You can see his thought process on making all of these themes in the tape. Well, yeah, it's it's all so on the nose. It's I, also as, in, as it should be, as it song. should be. And yeah, like, and on the tape, he's like, "I had my, I've had my eyes on you." Yeah, the puns are back. Yeah, and it's yeah, his penchant for the theatrical is there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, especially like you just get that shot of like yeah, the the invalid's like fingers are like pulled on the and his like feet are held by the the uh, like the stirrups with the 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 steel wire. And then we see yeah. that he's using that same sort of steel wire contraption to break this dude's fingers. Mm-hmm. So like he's he's letting the world around him sort of influence his traps, like like a Da Vinci yeah. almost. And like that's that's it, man. That's what that's, it's about. That's the saw juice. Yeah. But, but see, after that, it becomes something very different for a very long time. Before, Before we, we get move into that, on, yeah, uh, I want to say about that trap. One of the things I appreciate about that trap. And going on to most of the rest of the traps in the movie is, unlike some of the later sequels, like, these traps feel winnable. Yes. yes. You know? They're unlike, more, si- they're simpler. Yeah. Simpler, clear goals. Yeah, like, that one is, like, literally just turn the dial. Yeah. 
breaks all your fingers, you're good. You know, he yeah. could have easily just turned it to five immediately. He couldn't yeah. handle the pain. He couldn't get through it. Yeah. That's yeah. how it works. Um, yes, we get the payoff as well. The film, I think, honestly, for like trap to trap to trap, how the payoffs work, how they don't, I think are pretty fucking great across the board. It it's always all... to maximize ye, that ye feeling. And it's and it's all very like classic. It's great. all it's all very classic. And creative. Create simple, creative, not convoluted, and relatively within the realm of believability for John to yeah. set this yeah. stuff up. At least for Saw, right? Because, like, you know, like, I mean, the, the reality is for uh, pretty much every one of the traps in this franchise, a person's going to pass out from shock well before they get... Sure. Know, I just trap. mean in, like, him being able to build these things. Yes. Part of that that believability, too. Oh, yeah, I don't Whereas... mean that part. That was always fun to me. Like, I was like the idea of, like, this invalid building, like, this, this elaborate, endless series of traps. Like, where does, where does the time sure, come you don't, from? You don't, Who cares? You don't need it, but uh, uh, what, <laughs> I'm, what I'm saying is, like, it's it, that's part of, like, what's taking it back to basics, right? Yeah. A, a lot of the traps in this in this movie feel like the, the kind of traps that we see in, like, the first saw movie yeah. a lot of them have that reverse bear trap kind yeah. of style you know and or the overhead that. shotguns and the kind mm-hmm. of stuff that you see in like his original lair you know what he has yeah. like, the assassin blade in his arm and, yeah. shit, and he makes that <laughs> yeah. escape like yeah it's, it's a sort of, or saw two you know where like saw two is a lot of like really fun designs in his same lair mm-hmm. with like, your son's in a safe place room like, yeah, like he's he. Uh, it goes back to that idea. Of like yeah, he's an architect, he's an innovator, and they reinforce that in this movie in, a, in always in fun ways. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, I want to talk about the next big stretch. I'm going to try to breeze through it plot wise. Um, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cut and dry. It's it's pretty cut and dry. It's it's weirdly it's weirdly sentimental. I um, that. And I thought it was kind of silly. I do too, and I kind of like it, and it sort of feels, in a lot of ways, like the franchise reflecting on itself. <laughs> you, you got this movie. You have a lot of like John, like it, yeah, it's very, it's very kind of sappy John, and emotional. This is yeah, this is like way more like character that we've than we've ever gotten out of this character before you know more way more they do like a like a new rambo or a new rocky i got a very similar value like you know like rocky balboa you know they get to like oh who is rocky balboa you know yeah like getting into that same now that he's old and they're wheeling him out again they give it a more sentimental edge than it used to have. Yeah, yeah, and like I said before, it's more linear than the other ones. Where totally you know, other Saw movies would just throw you into the traps and tell the story in flashbacks. We're getting the story part right at the beginning. Very so linear, once yeah. we get past it, we can be all traps. Yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. So Which, this, you know, has its benefit. Yeah, yeah. So this whole this whole next big section of the film probably close to 40 minutes of the of the film i would say um huge section is sort of like setting up the impetus for the second half of the film the game right and it's john kramer reflecting on his impending death he gets a tip from somebody that he was in like a cancer support group for is like 
I found this like radical new treatment. I'm completely cured and I was, you know, stage four terminal. But, you know, these these people have to hide. They have to do their work in secret because none of it's FDA approved and the drug and pharmaceutical companies are going to come for them. It's, it's Here. a cocktail of meds and surgery. Yeah. I love that. It's so dumb. It's perfectly dumb. It's as dumb as it should be. Well, it's I think great. It I, always leaves me laughing a little bit. I didn't think you could put that kind of intent into it and make it work, but they did. Basically, he gets selected as a candidate for this experimental treatment, but he has to go to Mexico to get it because they can't operate anywhere else. He gets to Mexico, and there's a whole thing where he's in the cab, and the guy's driving around and pointing out all the parts of Mexico City. But, like, as he's driving around, they get uh, ambushed by, like, these guys in a black van, and it's like, oh, he's going to get kidnapped by the cartel. And they're like, what's your name? John Kramer is like, don't lie to me or I'll kill you. He's like, no, really, my name is John Kramer. They're like, okay, we just had to make sure it was you. And they throw him in So I love this fake out because everything I've heard about this movie was, oh, it's, you know, John Kramer goes to Mexico and he gets, like, robbed or something and he has to do a vengeance thing. I thought they were going to do, like, a, a new, um, is it the new Rambo movie that does something like that, you know, where, like, he goes after, like, a cartel gang or something silly? Yeah. I thought they were going to do something similar, and frankly, hearing that, I was a little nervous. Like, what? He's not an action hero. You know, how's that going to work? That would actually be pretty funny. Jigsaw like, gets kidnapped by the fucking cartel. But, yeah, but I think the direction they go in is so much more... Good, stupid. Well, yeah, it's it's the the doctors or whatever. They they're so secretive. They have to like make sure it's really him, and then they put him in the back of the van. They have to take him to like a secret location because nobody can know where we are. So the abduction is a fake out, which is yeah. So the silly. abduction is a fake out. Un- take entirely him- unnecessary. They could have just had someone say like, "Oh yeah, like put a hood on. We can't show you the location for for our own safety." You would have done it anyway. Like, but instead, it's like they have to dramatically make it look like he's getting robbed and thrown into a van, but really, it's all right. It's it's perfect. Like, it's don't for, touch it. Well, it's foreshadowing, isn't it? It is. Because okay, so he gets to the this like beautiful like old villa in the countryside, and there's like a factory out back, an old abandoned <laughs> factory, factory yeah. and they have they have like a uh, uh, like sort of pop up clinic set up in there, and he meets all of these people. You know, the doctor walks in and is like, "Here, let me." In-. She even says, "She's like, let me introduce you." to the crew and it's like here let me show you the people that jigsaw is going to kill throughout the course of this movie and you know we meet like the the maid or whatever gabriella she's very nice and sweet she gives him a bottle of tequila for luck even though he can't drink it prior to the surgery it's like oh there's a groundskeeper who has like his son the son becomes important later it's like oh we've got the nurse and we've got the uh, the anesthesia here meeting all of these people oh and here's one of our patients who's just finished up his treatment and it's looking like a complete success so it's gonna be a success for you he gets the surgery the cocktails wherever they're like you're good you're cured we're just gonna leave you alone now take a bunch of these drugs for the next week and then the rest of your life can begin um and this part is really this part has one of the most deranged things in the movie uh that is also the funniest is like you get this whole like little montage of john like you know 
with his spirits bolstered, and he's like, "Oh, it's the first day of the rest of my life." <laughs> this is and so like, good. It's, it's no, it's so crazy. It's like you know, he's walking around, and he's like. Uh, he buys like a bottle of tequila that he's going to give to Gabriella. And it's just like, there's this sort of like whimsical piano music playing. We see him sitting in a park with kids playing in the background and laughing and he's drawing in his sketchbook and it hard cuts to what he's drawing in his sketchbook and it's like the, bear trap. no it's the head twisting device from <laughs> saw three that twists the dude's whole head around oh it's just like this like nice happy whimsical piano music and just this like hard cut to him drawing this like fucking it's medieval medieval great. device that he's gonna <laughs> strap some poor motherfucker into you know it's so funny it's deranged and like it's totally deranged the part is then they have this even better moment where like once he's 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 he, he's like kind of finishing up the illustration he then looks up and he sees that he's in this bright sunny world you know and that maybe things are better and he crumples up oh yeah he tears he tears the page away, away as if like oh yeah jigsaw who's already murdered like he's like you know what i'm like, i'm better than this maybe i can just embrace not being an edgelord maybe i could just be good lee wanell's corpse is still moldering in that bathroom hundreds of miles away back in america you know amazing. <laughs> yeah it's like it was like oh maybe jigsaw can come around like well i, I mean always i love how sympathetic this movie is to jigsaw it's dude, so funny that's, it's that's the thing great. one of one of the the most baby brain things this franchise has always tried to do that you know like really got me as a as a teenager oh, yeah, stuff like, too is jigsaw is the anti-hero that like you know he's like he's a killer but he has good motivations he wants to help people he's helping people turn their lives around he's giving them a second chance at life he's actually Actually, like he's this dark messiah that you know all of these people uh, uh, take on his mission and carry on his work even after he's dead and this movie maybe of all of them pushes the the like john kramer as good guy thing like just so well, the much trouble the, the thing is, that right. it nails with that is it's such a juvenile sense of justice yes. that he has that uh, it that works the, here. That the franchise has always portrayed as profound. Yeah, it works here because <laughs> the undercurrent is a you know a sense of retribution and revenge. Yeah. Even if he doesn't admit it, like what he's doing in the second half of the movie is all due to revenge. Totally they, revenge. They really, yeah. they really should have just named him John Karma. And they're. <laughs> 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 and there are a couple of things there are a couple of times where the where I think the movie does like try to question some of that we'll yes. get into that but basically after this like yeah he buys the bottle of tequila and he he <laughs> this is so uh, again so fucking stupid uh the way he figures out uh, he's like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go take this tequila back to Gabriella as a gift. But he doesn't know where the place is because they kept it secret. So we get a shot of him like sitting 
on like a like a terrace or like a cafe and looking like at the hills and seeing like the radio tower which he could see from the villa too and he's like sketching out like a map with like a protractor and getting like Using the angles archi- architecture like yeah, knowledge from to, it's like, like okay triangulate the location to triangulate awesome. yeah, based on like the landmark the same landmarks he God, can he's see. so smart yeah he's such a he's so he's so, <laughs> so brilliant he's so brilliant the beautiful cancerous mind of John Kramer <laughs> he's so fucking he's yes. so fucking smart dude yes. he's so smart so smart He's always in control. No one ever gets it over on Jigsaw. Nah. Except, oh my god, he goes back to the villa, and there's nobody there. And it's all trashed, and everything is gone, and he finds a, uh, a an old VHS tape of, like, an intro to neurosurgery 101, like, instructional video. And he starts watching it, and, like, Part of his surgery was it's like we're doing this like part awake so you we can check like your motor skills to make sure we're not fucking anything up. So he's like partially conscious and he sees like a reflection of the screen of like what he thinks is, you know, them, them, working, operating, on them operating on his brain. And he finds this tape and watches it and it's the same footage. He's like, oh my God. And he pulls the bandage off of his head and picks up like a broken shard of glass and uses it to look in the mirror. And oh my god, he does not have a fucking, he doesn't, he doesn't have a scar. They didn't cut his, they didn't didn't even shave any of his head. That's crazy that it would, (laughs) that he would get to that point before realizing that. Like, like just over a year ago, like my dad had brain surgery to remove a tumor and like, that shit is like the recovery process for that shit is like agonizing. Like you you can tell that somebody that they like carved into your skull. Like the fact that it took him days of having this bandage on his head and like never feeling a scar or pain or anything and having get to to get to that point and be like, oh my God, I don't have a scar. They didn't cut my skull open at all. I can't believe this. Then it's like, okay. Now, da da da, da da da, da 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 da. It's like now, now it's time for that old school saw shit. And again, this part of the and movie, you know, the camera is like spinning around him, and like, yeah, oh, it's great. I gotta make a few phone calls. It's like <laughs> this, this part of the movie. All of this that we've just described pretty briefly is again like forty, forty-five minutes of the film. It's very slow, and I was. Again, like none of it is it's not handled particularly badly. It's it's straightforward, it's easy to follow, so on and so forth. But I was like I was really ready for the saw shit, right? Like we like especially after that first kill, I'm like when is the saw stuff going to start happening? And then and then here here he comes. Yeah, well the the first person he he captures is the the cab driver. Mhm. And the thing I love about that trap is it feels hastily thrown together. Yes. Like, he has, like, actual rope that's tying the dude to, uh, like, a, a chair he or takes a him, He takes him to the factory. Yeah. All of the games and stuff happen in that yeah. same factory. And uh, his hands are duct-taped. Um, yeah, so he just has he has scalpels duct-taped in each hand, and he has, like, pipe bombs 
wired into the flesh of his forearms. Which, you know, uh, I, I said it, you, you said it for your intro, and I, I also, I, Ben will confirm, I said it during the movie, too. I leaned over to Ben, and I said, Eduardo scissor hands. It's yeah. Eduardo scalpel hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Traditionally saw, like, it's yeah. not so over-complex. Like, his, he's got scalpels duct-taped to either hand and bombs strapped into yeah, his it's arms. Yeah, like, it's, it's one of those things where, like, you start thinking about it too long. It's like, okay, he's in Mexico. Where did he get the materials to make these pipe bombs? And where the time. Did, where did he get the, the, the timer readouts that are strapped to each one of them? It's like, oh, so on and so forth. But considering how elaborate, like, a lot of the later sequels are, it's like, yeah, this all feels like... Like, yeah, this all feels very simple, very straightforward. We're we're under the assumption, again, the the beautiful cancerous mind of John Kramer. He's a genius. He's brilliant, right? All he he's he's MacGyver. All he needs is some scrap metal and some duct tape and he can wire up some pipe bombs or whatever, right? <laughs> um but one thing that also surprised me, this dude gets out of he gets out of his trap. He yeah. does. He he successfully cuts the bombs off. Kicks them away um, from himself. Kicks them away from himself, At yeah. The last second. And, you know, John comes down and puts down a, a first aid kit in front of him, even though his hands are still duct taped scalpels. He can't get into that first aid kit. He's just like, you're going to be fine. <laughs> and we never see that dude again. Yeah. And uh, earmark that for later. Um <laughs> But uh yeah so then he he uh he has to get his contacts on the phone cuz he needs help cuz he's got to he's got to uh, hunt down everybody who was a part of this this twisted scam uh to steal $250,000 from him um so he he gets he gets Hoffman on the phone. Yeah. Um, Though that's not revealed until the end. Well, yeah. He opens the phone and he says "detective," yeah. and it's like, okay, anybody who has seen the rest of these movies is only one person he can be talking to. It's funny though because they make that feel like a big reveal mm. at the very end, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. The big reveal is just that they actually got him. Yeah, just kind of. Silly. I will say they that they had announced that beforehand. There were articles being like, "Oh, I didn't see that." Co- I, I, Costas Mendiler, Costas Mendiler will be reprising his role as Hoffman in I mean, Saw I just 10. expected that. I mean, of course, but yeah, they they do it as they I do would have been more surprised if they got Carrie Elwes back. <laughs> Like in Saw, that'd, that'd, be a be so, that'd be so funny. No, no, he's and then in Saw, that's the big reveal at the end of Saw Seven is that he's been helping Jigsaw do all that's like right. the surgical stuff for the entire franchise because cutting his foot off made him realize that Jigsaw was right. That's how it works, man. Um, <laughs> again, earmark on that for the dude who who we who got away. You know, um, considering Jigsaw got robbed, John got robbed in this movie i was kind of surprised that they didn't like steal his kidney or steal any of his God, organs that would be so funny if they stole his organs <laughs> that'd be so funny well no because he still needs to be able to uh he's in rough shape yeah. as is like right he, he, put him in he, al- he already shape. has he already has terminal brain cancer yeah. you know that's why he's got to have his henchmen um, you know, and so he, he flies Amanda out to Mexico to kidnap all of the, the rest of these people. And we see who they really are. And it's like, oh my God, the nurse who we, the, the one we thought was a nurse, she's a prostitute. And Gabriella, 
that nice maid who gave him the bottle of tequila for good luck, she's a drug addict. And the the anesthesiologist, Mateo, he's just a fucking janitor at a vet's office. Worse he, than that. He's but a he's drug a drug dealer. dealer. He steals the dog morphine and sells it to drug addicts. Like Gabriella. Like Gabriella. And just like setting up that all of these people, it's like... Again, like, the, the just, like, absolute fucking twisted sense of morality that this film has, like, largely overlooking that, like, you know, or, or rather going out of its way to be like, these are bad people, but then really more reinforcing it's like, well, no, it's just showing that things like poverty and addiction will drive people to the point of desperation that they will prey on others to have money to feed their addictions or to feed their families or blah, 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 but, whatever. But geez, but geez, that's why, that's why John Kramer gives them a chance. Of course, he's, he gives them a chance. A new lease he, on life. Know, yeah, right, exactly. He's giving them, he's giving them an opportunity, um, you know, to test, to, to, to test their fortitude and their will to live. Because that's what he's all about. He doesn't kill people. Mm-mm. John Kramer does not kill people. He's never killed anybody in his life, ever. He's only strapped them into the Torment Nexus. <laughs> He's only constructed the Torment Nexus and strapped them into that. He doesn't kill people. <laughs> Guys? <laughs> That's why Amanda failed her game, is because she was building unwinnable games that killed people. And Jigsaw, John Kramer found that distasteful, because they don't kill people. Except sometimes. <laughs> when they make... Except tons of people Except every movie. People. They kill so Most. many people. <laughs> every any Anybody who dies in one of these movies dies because of them. <laughs> because, again, those people didn't construct the Torment Nexus and strap themselves into it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, buddy Yans and I were joking. We were watching the Saw movies a while back. And she was like... Uh, how how funny would you do, be to do parodies where Jigsaw fucks up? Like, you know, the tape unspools or, you know, the machine just kind of, like, falls apart. It's like, oh, shit. Oh, wait, no, no, no strap yourself back in. Oh, oh fuck. Uh, oh, he, like, wait. comes... He That's comes. not supposed to happen. The puppet falls off the tricycle and... <laughs> Before he gets there and to deliver the tape. And he's, like, running, like, runs into the room. He's like, he's like, close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. <laughs> he runs into the room, puts, puts the puppet back up on the tricycle. It's like, close, keep, keep him closed. Keep him closed for another ten seconds. So, with Amanda's help... Jigsaw John kidnaps all of these people, and he gets the he gets the the doctor, the the evil doctor, mastermind lady too, of course. Which is great because now we've had a kill or two, where it's the one offs. Yeah, right. And then now we're getting the big room stuff where there's many people it's setting more up frantic. the game. Yeah, but even so, like all of this still feels really classic because it is like it is like a multi-person game, but it's not like a fucking haunted house where they're going from room to room, from trap to trap. It's like they're all it's like they're all chained up in this warehouse, and John is quote unquote testing in his verbiage he's testing each of them one at a time with some different contraption and forcing the rest to watch so you know again like all all very straightforward you know john and amanda are present 
the whole time, you know, there it this feels this does feels like for Jigsaw, it feels like a slapdash sort of pop-up operation. You know, because he's not on his home turf. He's in Mexico. But I do think it's funny, especially considering that this movie takes place no more than weeks after 9-11. The (laughs) fact that they were able to get those pig masks and the puppet through customs in the country. <laughs> I'm just no, like, no, no. I was amusing myself in this movie Do by you just say I had to let that through? imagining, I, imagining oh, Amanda, because it would all, Amanda would have brought all of it, right? Oh imagining God. Amanda going through security at the airport with just like this, <laughs> this puppet, just like in a big case <laughs> and like going through like the old While fucking... the Jigsaw killer is on the loose and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything. Oh God, it's like, at this point, people would know the Jigsaw Killer is like they have the pictures of the puppet and stuff. It's just like right after nine eleven, <laughs> like trying to fly to Mexico with this fucking big ass puppet and fucking pig mask, pigs with human hair. <laughs> <laughs> that's so it's funny. like yeah, that's it's the funniest thing. I'm opening a haunted house in Mexico, a haunted house, a haunted house. I'm imagining her driving instead. Oh, man. Having in the passenger seat dressed up as a little kid. That'd be so (laughs) funny. My son. Yes. Billy. (laughs) That would be so... Maybe she did have to drive. Yeah. (laughs) That would make more... But take much longer. Yeah, yeah, it would. And honestly, probably still not easy to cross that border uh, (laughs) post 9-11. You know, one thing about having them all in the room, something unusual that they do here is they very much show themselves to all the victims. Yeah. Immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, John and Amanda both are unmasked and walking around all over the place. They and see every- them long before they see the puppet. Yeah. Like, exactly. The puppet doesn't come on a TV immediately. He doesn't even. Out. He doesn't even really need to be there, other than that this is a Saw movie, and they're like, "Well, we gotta have Billy the Puppet." Well, at some I, point, I like right? that because okay. So in most of the Saw scenarios, Jigsaw's omniscient. He sees them do an evil thing, and he puts them in the game. Yeah. Right. But in this specific circumstance, it's more personal. They fucked with him directly. And they fucked with a lot of other people. They've yeah. done something that he sees as beyond heinous. They've scammed. Right? They've scammed thirty-four so him, people. Yeah. So for him, dying people. It's important yeah. that he shows up in front of them. So I kind of like that. I yeah. think at the same works. time it's so silly because because well, he's revealed himself and he's going to get turned in. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Well, yeah. It's he's like if any them of them options to live, quote unquote. But if they live, they know who. If he any is. of them die, and... all of them before any of this began, they all knew his full name yeah. and probably his social security number as well. <laughs> like he had def- medical information, He's, right? Exactly. They know who he is. So exactly, anybody who gets out of this can easily just go to the police. I guess presumably the the his thinking is that why would they go to the police because in t- explaining what happened they would have to admit their own crimes. So maybe, you know, that's that's the sil- their silence if they Well, actually no. What am I talking about? John of course assumes that anybody who survives one of his games, their life is changed irreparably and they will thank him for it. 
Yeah, and um, so work that's for him. Yeah, likely. right. Become one of his flunkies because that's what happens to everybody else who survives <laughs> one of his games. Um, but yeah, that's his actual thinking: is that oh well, if they survive, they'll be changed for the good. They will thank me for what I did to them. Yeah, some kills. This is where we get some really great saw kills. Great saw kills. So the the first one is the girl, the the yes, prostitute. The yeah, the prostitute who is who, playing the nurse. Yeah, the nurse. Um, and her trap is cool. It's yeah. It's one of those traps where it feels like one of the later sequel traps where it doesn't necessarily feel winnable completely. Yeah, I mean, well, that's sort of been the case think, since the beginning of the franchise. Like, his early shit doesn't particularly feel winnable either. I would say, of all the traps in this movie, and, and largely across the franchise, too, I think this is this one might be one of the most... One of the traps that had me the most squeamish. I think that is cut the best. I think it's edited really, really well. I think the practicals are galling to look at in mm-hmm. all the right ways. I mean, mad props. I, I think that, and, it, and again, it's simple, it's, it's clean. It's all, it has all of the hallmarks of a good, yep. to use the word to death, classic saw trap. I will also say, I think it's also one of the most bullshit because she did everything she could. Not, I was going to say, there are a couple of people who die in this. Who, Brain one, two. They do who, everything. Who really, who really die, who really die due to the, the, the failure of machinery. Well, yeah. and like multiple traps kind of fall into the same kind of It works of great for the pacing, so I don't really uh, like the, the victims having to sacrifice so much of their body into, yeah. you know, a receptacle. Yeah. For it to uh, free them. Yeah. So this one, she has to uh, use like like a wire cutter, basically, to saw her own leg off and uh, use like a little suction thing to extract three ounces of bone marrow from her femur into this thing that it weighs it. Once it gets that, she'll be free. Otherwise... uh, wire cutter will cut her head off and it's worth and noting that the the wire he gives her to cut off her leg is a specifically designed wire for medical use like wire cutting method for for medicine and uh and for each of the other kills for the people who are faking being in the medical field they also operate as this ironic instruction in medicine. Yeah. Like, it's like, here's a lesson in this thing that you are faking. I know this field better than you do. And it's so cheeky. And yeah. I, I really like that. Well, and and again, you know, she does cut her leg off and she does start suctioning the bone marrow. And she just runs out of time before she collects the three ounces. And that's, and that's why I agree. It's like, it's kind of bullshit. It's like, she did everything she She's needed to do. She's waiting on the do. machine to suck out the rest. It's like, maybe you can make the argument for, okay, yes, she doesn't do it fast enough. But honestly, for Jigsaw, I think he should always build in into his timer an extra minute padding for them to scream and say no and to try to pull on the device that they're in futilely because everybody who's ever been in one of these traps in any of these movies, they waste the first minute of their time doing that. I want to see a film where like a guy wakes up in a trap and immediately goes to the game. Just like, oh yeah. starts in on it. Like he gets going, doesn't care. It's like he he just like opens his eyes 
eyes, sees that like his hand is locked into some sort of horrible device, sees a machete by his other hand, just grabs it. opens his eyes, just immediately grabs it and starts hacking his hand off. Like gets out doesn't, thirty seconds to spare, and he's like, "Yeah, what's doesn't up?" Doesn't hear the rules, no hesitation, just like immediately rocks through. I wanted, to, I want, to, I want a character who is who goes through their life prepared at all times to wake up and just jinx ready. That's a type of that's a funny type of guy. Yeah, that's a funny type of guy who lives Doesn't their, fit in this movie. Who lives their life who, li- who lives their life ready at any moment to wake up in a jigsaw trap. Ready, bro. Jigsaws are ready for me, man. He's out there, I, bro. I would yeah. say that the taxi guy was the closest we've gotten to that. Kind of. He does his banging on the window and cursing John Kramer, you know, for a for a while first. But, but he, he gets does out with a good amount of time to spare. Does he? No. The no, bomb he... comes right off and he kicks it and explodes. Yeah, he he, he gets out at the a second or two before it explodes. Okay, for, uh, two, enough, two seconds isn't a lot of time. Enough for the for him to kick it across the room so he doesn't die in the explosion. Yeah. Which but is it's exactly still, enough time. Yeah, it's it's still it's still totally close. But yeah, that she so she doesn't get out because the the machine is too slow at sucking. Not her fault. The, the suck machine is too slow. Not she, her fault. She didn't know how long it would take. She didn't. <laughs> she didn't plan that out or strategize around that. She did the hard work. She cut her leg off. And it's one Russo. one thing that's interesting is like almost all of the traps in this movie have a three minute timer attached to them. Yeah, and all of them feel like they're shot in real time. Like, they feel like they're three minutes in reality. I would be curious to time that. I would say they feel more like five minutes, but... To me, it's so frantic, it's kind of hard to Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell. I would be curious to know the actual timing. It, feel, it um, feels right for the film, is what's most yeah, important for the Yeah, pacing. yeah, it and does. On that note, I, I do want to really get into the pacing of that sequence, because I, I really felt like when the, the franticness of, like... It, the sequence ramps up so well. Like, as the timer is ticking down, she gives her, her leg that first pull, like revving a lawnmower. And um, that bit of blood starts gushing, you know, between her thighs. And, like, her scream is really good. I think that actress does an amazing job of showing, like, that deer-in-a-headlights panic. Um, you feel like she's going to go into shock any second. She's barely hanging on. And then she gives it that second rev, and she realizes how much she has to do to get through it. And then she just starts, go, 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 like, pulling at her leg. And it's, woo, man, it was freaking me out, like, if I'm being honest. I, I found that to be pretty intense, like, her just yeah, I mean, it's, really, it's... like, going at her own leg. And it, it's because, like, the, the physicality of it is so intense. Again, like, that lawnmower pull, like, up and down, up and down, faster, faster, faster to try and get through with the time as it's going down. There's so much more motion in it. It's so much more kinetic than... So many of these other traps where they have to just like cut something out or do whatever, you know, like it's 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 really anxiety inducing that like, you know, frantic pull yeah. of the leg. And I loved it. I loved it for that. And it also worth noting too, like, it starts out really poorly because when they first show the wire coming in, she doesn't know what it is and she puts both hands on it and cuts her hands. Making it so like she has to do all of the the rest of the trap oh, yeah. with her with hands cut hands, up, and yeah. that's cool. Like that's a really nice like addition to it. Um, and again, all the blood oozing out everywhere looks great. Oh, and I think the best practical thing is very simple for this. But when she starts sucking the marrow out of the bone, and we see it coming out, going in and through the tube and out to the other side and hitting the scale, 
it starts out kind of red and just wet, and then it gets goopier and red, and then the white from the marrow starts caking in there, and it's yeah. It's like, well, yeah, it's, well, it's, it's landing like it's a strainer so, there. Yeah, yeah, it's landing on like a sieve, and so like all the blood is pouring through the sieve into like a jar underneath, but the marrow is too thick to go through that, so you've just got like that goopy white that's like pooling on it's there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nasty. It's really, nasty really as it well should made. be. I mean, yeah, this movie's this movie's really full of that, like a good Saw movie should be. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I We do not have the time to describe every kill in the no, amount of that's detail the only you one just I really did. wanted to get that. Um, with, I do want to. It's perfect. Yeah, there's there's still a number of things that we have to get into. So yeah, but that one like a, little a lot bit. of the other ones feel like it's a race against the clock. Yes, you know? um, and I think the three minutes helps. Yeah, well, I, I like I like the re- the the repetition of the three minute time limit. Like that that feels really good. It's like yeah, ev- pretty much everybody has like a three minute time limit. Like the pipe bombs were set on a three limit timer. The the lady cutting her leg off was on a three minute timer, um, and then the next guy who has to uh, he was the 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 fake anesthesiologist uh, has to like cut into his skull and remove like a piece of his brain. Actually, and, like, perform brain surgery on perform himself. brain surgery on himself. Yeah, uh, and like I love too that like. One one of my favorite things about that one is like we don't really understand the contraption that he's in until he loses at the end. Yeah. It's like he's strapped in some kind of chair. We can see like some machinery like on either side of his head, but we don't know what it actually does until it's like he loses. And again, just timing is bad. Like he removes a piece of his brain and is like dissolving it, and like the little ticker thing is like going up, and it's like about to hit. Like, he did his job. He, again, he did, he did his, his job, but just like he just got the brain too out. slow. He put it in the thing. Now he just has to wait. But uh, and he doesn't know how long that's going to take. That's not on him. And then like the timer gets down, and, like you <laughs> see like electric coils on either side of his head heat up, and then like the trap slams closed, and it's like an Aztec like death mask it's awesome with the, yeah with, with electric coils on the inside so it just like shocks his smoking head. through yeah. the eyes as his body's writhing around and he's like and he's getting, getting burned to death yeah he's getting electric awesome. he's just got like yeah, this very cool the, Love the aztec it. death mask yeah, so it's like is, obviously yeah. it's it's very silly that like he doesn't make it through it don't care great kill oh yeah on. absolute banger well one thing that i i want to get into a little bit is i i something i alluded to before where the film like sort of starts to question like John's moral compass with like and this is one of one of my my actual like favorite things about how this film is written and one of the more subtle things is that is sort of like Amanda's connection with Gabriella because you know Amanda was put into her trap because she was an addict and you know she was wasting her or she was like risking her life by shooting up heroin blah blah blah, whatever and so gabriella is also a drug addict it's also a heroin addict so amanda sees something of herself in gabriella and she wants gabriella to get through this and advocates for her to john on multiple occasions um, at one point, this is right as I was getting up to go to the bathroom, so I missed John's response, but she, <laughs> so maybe y'all can fill me in. Um, but she, she asks him or, or she says to him, she's like, sometimes we 
become like in our lives we become subject to things outside of like our our true like moral sense of self that like external things you know react upon us and that we fall prey to those talking about drugs trying to like basically advocate on gabrielle's behalf is like come on like she doesn't really deserve to be here right like she's part of the scam but she's an addict you know like she's doing whatever she could for a quick buck like she lives in poverty she's you know a slave to her addiction she she is innocent and I I like that this this feels like the first time in any of these movies where the film has actually asked itself that. And did he have did, a good? Did he have a response to that? I was literally on my way out to the bathroom when yeah, that happened. I, I feel in my mem- in my memory it was it was something along my, the lines of like Amanda, you know that's why we have to do this. We have to give him a choice. We have to give her a, a test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dark or whatever. Well, it adds a bit of complexity to Amanda's character, especially considering. Her fate later, where you know she is setting unwinnable traps, yeah. and John gets mad. It's because like Amanda is really conflicted in this movie between wanting retribution for these people yeah. because they scam John and seeing herself in a lot of these people, and we there's part of her fairly. that wants yeah. to help them. Yeah. You know, whether it's seeing herself in Gabrielle and wanting to just let her go. Or, you know, even as she's going through and, like, talking to people, she's kind of giving them, like, helpful tips, quote she's, she's preaching the gospel. She's reading from the book of Jigsaw, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's like, yeah, I, no, I think I like Amanda in this. Um, I, I think that she she is one of... This movie adds a little bit more... Yeah. Depth, and again, this is all within the context of the Saw franchise. I cannot reiterate that enough. (laughs) Like, I, like, there's a part of me that is like, depth, what are you fucking talking about? This is the bare minimum for a character like this. But, again, within the context of the rest of the franchise, like... I mean, compared to the rest of the series, where she's a full-on one-dimensional character. Right, well, and, and the movie actually, like trying to confront like John's sense of ethics, whether it's really as righteous as he says or not. I don't think that it overall does that well or enough, but I, this is one of the, I'll give you, I'll give you credit for trying. Also too, like good job, little guy for effort. They're quick scenes. Yeah. You know, and we're back to it, but like, it is nice to see them, give these actors that opportunity to show some chops beyond those two-dimensional characters that they've always played. You know, John Kramer as well, like, like Tobin Bell gets opportunities to emote a lot throughout this movie to show sympathy. Yeah. They're again, they're really and, you know, like, like deeper emotion and, and actual like feel personally involved in a trap in a way that he hasn't been in the past because he's always this omniscient villain. Um, and, Part of what, or speaking from beyond the grave, or a puppet, yeah, for well over um, half the franchise, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, being long dead and just, yeah, sounding through a cassette, but um, no, but but here, like Tobin Bell gets to play this character, and still all within the confines of John Kramer. This, yeah, this movie, under, this movie this, has this, you know understated villain. He still gets to emote within that range, and I think he did a great job. I think he did a great job for that. I, I feel like this is. 
<laughs> again, take this with Not a grain. Not the natural of the movie. Again, take this with a grain of salt. But I feel like in discussing this movie, this is the first time that just like in discussion. I have referred to him as John Kramer rather than Jigsaw, Jigsaw. because yeah, this is the first to learn about this is the John first Kramer time we're the getting, man. John Kramer the man and again it is not it's really not that deep no. but like there's this movie this movie does more to to like attempt to humanize him than any of the other movies do and like no, he's still he's still a fucking murderer. Like he's still not really a sympathetic character. That makes it with, funny. But the fact that this movie is like the fact that this movie is like actually trying, give him that A for effort. I sure. give him that A for effort. Sure. Well, next we have Gabriella's trap. Yes. Well, one thing we have to mention before this, because it becomes pivotal to the ending, sure. is before Gabriella's trap happens, and I think maybe even before the last guy, um, somebody shows up. And starts... Oh wait, well, we're good. Sorry, I know we're running on time, but to get ahead of ourselves, after the first person, the 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 nurse, fake nurse, the prostitute mm-hmm. is is killed. John Kramer and Amanda disappear for a little bit to figure out their next to next go moves. to go do their their chit their moral chit their moral chit chat. Yeah. yeah. Um. At which point, uh, the villainous what's her name? Um, uh, Doctor Peterson. Yeah, Doctor Peterson. She uh, she well, grabs phone the rings. rings. Yeah, the phone rings on yeah. the little in the middle of the room that you know because all their stuff is just sat up there and um, no one can reach. No it one can reach it. So so she she goes over to the corpse of the prostitute. Oh God! Yeah, rips her open, pulls out all of her intestines, and then uses them as a rope to pull in the cart. And they all have to like throw the intestines around. And yeah, do that, that and was that was incredibly. I, love it it shows how evil she is too yeah and that like an, oh un- my god maybe jigsaw has met his his evil match an unrepentant monster yeah, yeah. like an actual monster in here yeah like one of conniving. one of the only one of the only people i i hesitate to say only because i don't remember for sure but like one of the only people to be put in one of these traps one of Jigsaw's traps and not be reduced to like a blubbering infant begging for their life, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, she is like she's cold. And I, I love that that use of her just like disemboweling this corpse of somebody who was ostensibly a friend, right? Uh to just like use her intestines as a rope was really good. But yeah, so she does get a hold of the phone through this and well, so because Gabriella says like, hey, let's we'll use our clothes as a rope to throw it over there. She's like, nah, I got a better idea. A better idea. I got <laughs> 20, way more evil, don't worry. Twenty three feet or however long human intestines are. Uh it's something twenty something. Um but yeah, so she gets the phone, tries to make a call, but then Amanda comes in and like stops her and breaks the phone, all this shit. But it, Around the same time... Before we go on, I, I want to mention that uh, the Dr. Peterson lady, she, uh, you know, because her father was the, the guy who originally created this treatment. The treatment, yeah. And she, you know, says, you know, uh, I was going to call my father. He can actually help you. Yeah, it's like, I've been scamming people for years, but my dad actually has a real treatment that works. Yeah, and it seems like Amanda and 
John both actually think he's the real deal. Yeah, but which not kind of weird. Which is yeah, they 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 take that at face value throughout like the rest of the movie. At one point, Amanda's like, "What if we do let her call her dad? He can save you, John." And it's just like, why would you believe this woman? Like, yeah, you know, like there's no like you know that. That, like, they didn't even do surgery on you. They showed you a video of, like, brain surgery 101. That just felt like, like a weird loose end, but, you know, it seems like it, that's something that they could bring into yeah. a sequel, especially considering... Doesn't really matter. Um, but, yeah, so what? What another thing that happens is somebody shows up at the factory, somebody shows up banging on the door, and they're like, oh my god, that's the guy, it's the guy that John had met, the other patient, early, when he came into the clinic, um, and he had, uh, that dude showed up with a gun, because he's also realized that he's been scammed, and is trying to get his money back. And, you know, so they knock him out and chain him up and are like, we're going to make you part of the game. You have a chance to do something extraordinary with it. I'm not really sure, like, they don't really ever say, like, what his role in all of that is supposed to be. Because, spoiler, he has a different role in the twist. Oh, the twist. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, so, you know... He's there, and he's watching all this happen, he's being like, oh my god, you sick fucks, you fucking pieces of shit. And it's like, then we get to Gabriella's punishment, uh, which is another, one of the more over-the-top ones, I think, where she's basically, like, hauled up into the rafters, like, on a chain by her wrist and ankle. By one, yeah, one wrist and one, one ankle. One wrist, one ankle, and they've rigged up the fucking, like, radiation machine up there. Um, I, I don't proclaim to be an expert on <laughs> this, but... And and maybe I'm totally wrong, but that machine seems, like, fucking medieval. I don't think that's how they treat cancer with radiation maybe i'm wrong in this movie they basically just treat it as a giant uh hair dryer yeah big heat blower yeah. it's just a big, big blower. It's, just a, blower. it's just a big cartoon blow dryer that is like blasting her in the face with radiation and she has to take like a crowbar and like a hammer like a hammer okay yeah. yeah it's like it's like some kind of it's some kind of blunt object it's kind of long yeah um but she has to smash her wrist and her ankle enough so that they will come out of uh the the manacles and then she'll be free <laughs> my favorite part of that is like she starts trying to go for her wrist and like the evil doctor lady is like no, start with your ankle first. It'll swing you out of the the path. I was the... thinking the same thing. Like like when she's going to grab the hammer, I'm like, oh my god, if she goes for her her wrist first, she's gonna just go hit hit the concrete. Head right? First. Yeah, I was saying she's like, yeah, go go for your ankle first, and so she does, and and sure enough, like once the the that chain is released, like she swings over to the side, and she's not being blasted in the face by the radiation machine anymore. And this is when the film. Got the other biggest laugh yes. out of me. Yes. It did. The first one was when we cut 
when he's in the park with like the happy children laughing and playing at hard cuts to the drawing. <laughs> that was the biggest laugh. And then the second biggest laugh is Gabriella dangling from her wrist now that she's broken her ankle, but at least she's out of the way of the, the yeah. big, the giant blow dryer, the giant hair dryer. But then it just, just it's, <laughs> moves it over. Yeah. No, it doesn't pivot. It's just on a rail. It just moves over. So it's once again right back in front of her. It's yeah, like, it all of course, out. It's like, of course he would have. Like, There's a of great course he sense would have. of comedic timing, too. It was too. so funny, dude. Yeah. I'm, that shit made me laugh so hard. And it's and, crazy, too, because, like, the part that, like, she's, she's already, like, she's already fucked if she just drops the hammer. Like, that's it. Yeah. You know, like, that's, that's game over. That's all that has to happen. So, but still, not good enough. The thing has to be, like, built on a mechanical pivoting device to pivot exactly where it would be under the contingency that she hits her ankle first. Right. Like, what? Well, it's like, yeah, what if she... Some Wiley Coyote What if she had, what if she had hit her wrist first and she had swung down, upside down by her ankle? Would it have, like, gone down and then over? <laughs> the, the the beautiful cancerous mind of John Kramer. It's got it all figured out. Um, so yeah, she she does manage to break out. Uh, you know, her face is all fucked up. Yeah, it's being... like oh cool. You know, you have a new lease on life as a ghoul from Fallout. As a ghoul from Fallout, and also like if it's radiation, okay. So she now at the very least has skin cancer. Like I mean, it's we've seen rife with leukemia. We've, we've all seen Chernobyl. Like if the if you have if you're being blasted by radiation to the point that it's like blistering your skin, mm-hmm. like you're days away from your organs failing. Like. She is not going to survive that. But it's like, oh, so she falls and she lands on the ground. She's unconscious. And John is like, tells him, he's like, go drop her off at a hospital. But this is the moment where, oh, my God, the, the other guy who showed up, he has somehow managed to free himself. Or no, they let him loose earlier because they're like, no guns, but you get to be a part of the game. But surprise, he just went and grabbed his gun. Uh, and right, and it's like, oh, you guys are fucked up, but I'm here to put a stop to this. And then reveals, oh, uh, the evil doctor lady. Yeah, we're fucking. I was part of the scam all along. I wasn't a scammy. I was. A I wasn't a scammy. I was a scammer. And so now, oh my god, what's this? Somebody has outsmarted the brilliant John Kramer. John Kramer is being put on the back foot. He's lost control of a situation. Oh my fucking god, we've never seen this before. So they uh they're like, "Well, we're gonna you're not gonna survive this, so we're gonna kill you with your own nasty final trap that you had prepared for the evil for me, the evil doctor lady." Well, worse than that, she says, I don't want to just kill you. I want to punish you by making you watch an innocent die or right. something. And it's to just that at extent. very conveniently at this moment, the the young boy, the child of the groundskeeper shows up because he likes to kick his soccer ball against the wall of the factory. And, you know, they, they had like a the moment. the dead of night, too. Yeah. What is he doing out there? Well, no, shortly before that, Waldo John. quit. 
Baldo quit. Yeah. Well, his life. Cleveland, shortly before this, John looked at the clock and said, it's almost morning. Oh, that's right. They had it all figured out. Okay, my bad. So he's just out there. Oh, yeah, he's that one. The kid's just out there at 5 a.m. kicking the soccer ball because, like, and like ball Benson, is life. Ball, ball is life. Um, you know, so he, he shows up just in time to uh, be taken hostage. Well, we, we, we also, earlier in the movie, got a really uh, a really nice little scene where John helped him fix the wheel of his bike uh, because he's an engineer and he knows how to fix it. And he just had to put it in a clamp and straighten out the metal. And, you know, the little boy taught him the Spanish word for pull, which is like Chekhov's Espanol. Um, it's like he learns this one very specific word in Spanish. I wonder if that's going to have any impact later in the movie. But so the evil doctor lady goes out and grabs the little boy and straps him and John into John's like final trap, which is inexplicably built for, well, inexplicably at this time, built for two people, even though only the doctor lady was strapped into it before. Frankly, this is one of the, I think this contraption, this device is one of the funniest in the history of the entire franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's essentially just a big seesaw. Like, each person is, like, pulled, like, prone against it by the chain on their neck. Face up. Face up. And they Supine. each have they each have a lever next to their hand that if they push or pull it, it will tilt this big seesaw. And above them are two enormous, uh, like hamster water uh, dispensers, <laughs> full of what blood, full of blood. That's what they are. They're they like are, big yeah. jugs with like a little nozzle that comes off. It's like the exact same thing that like gerbils and hamsters drink out of, but <laughs> yeah. just on like an industrial scale. And they're full of blood. So this each person on the seesaw gets is basically being waterboarded by blood. Oh, I love the evil, they have to that's say one of my the, favorite lines because like because the saw franchise is so literal yeah. that they have to point it out to us and it's great. I, again, wouldn't cut it. I, I, I wish I could have written something so silly and She's stupid. She's like, bloodboarding, evil good. doctor. It's like, it's like waterboarding, but, but with blood. blood. It's bloodboarding. It's bloodboarding. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It's so Perfect. funny. And so Just like, kiss. And so it's like Jigsaw's been like freaking out because this little boy obviously getting pulled into it was you know Amanda's like who the fuck is that and he's like he's a friend like it's, it's like this, you, no pull don't pull the lever and it's like he's like yeah and, and so yeah he's telling him as they're being strapped in he's he's telling cuz he learned that one spanish word so he's telling him don't pull don't pull and you know he's he's all emotionally torn up about this we get lots of great uh, close-ups where his eyes are all like watery and he's like sad is like oh my god jigsaw has never been in a in the vulnerable position in any of these movies before except when he died um <laughs> but, uh, but so he's like he he like pulls the lever back his way so that it tilts down so he's the one being bloodboarded so like the little boy is not getting it but then the little boy like looks down and sees like this old man <laughs> being bloodboarded and he like, pulls the lever back to himself and it tilts back and the little boy is being bloodboarded and his jaw. <laughs> 
John looks down and he sees him. He's like, no, no, don't pull it. And he pulls it back. And so it tilts back. And it's just like this fucking big industrial seesaw going back and forth between an elderly man and like an eight-year-old boy like being waterboarded by big tanks full of blood. And it is just like, it is one of the most spectacularly hilarious set pieces that I've seen in any of these fucking movies. Also, again, we're talking Gulf War, you know, shit, like, coming out of that. Oh, dude, we're, go, we're, char- we're, we're charging like, straight like, into the war on shit. terror. Yeah, yeah, war on terror, like, waterboarding in 2000, like, this, like, holy shit. Like, so funny. Everything was, like, coming out of that and commenting on that in a lot yeah. of ways. So yeah. to, to reflect that so literally. It's so funny. Well, and the, my, my favorite thing, too, is that, like, at some point after just this goes back and forth for a couple of minutes, the evil doctor lady and her nasty boyfriend partner just get sick, just get tired of watching this. And they're like, I'm going to go, we're going to go get the money. And so like, they go back up into like jigsaws, like office room where they were before being bored of watching. Yeah. They're just watching that go back. They literally both are just like, well, let's go get the money. And just like, this keeps going on in the background and they walk in there and it's like, Oh, they see, like the duffel bag that's full of money and she reaches up and it does it does like the classic saw like low frame rate slow motion for a second as she pulls the bag off of the shelf and reveals behind it a timer yeah. set to 10 minutes and starts hello yeah hello zep kicks in the door slams shut and it's just and then it's like oh my god and we start seeing like the cerebral flashback it's like that's why it was built for two jigsaw. You thought you thought you got a one up on jigsaw? Nah. You thought you you fucking fool? You fucking buffoon? You think jigsaw is ever fucking not fully in control of a scenario? You absolute fucking rude. You piece of shit idiot. And the funny thing about it, too, is that they make a point of saying, that of the doctor lady having a line admitting that she knew he was the jigsaw killer all along. Yeah. Like fucking saw. Jig fucking saw. From, like, even, like, as soon as she got the first email from him before they scammed, she knew he was the jigsaw killer. So it's like, all of this is just like, oh, you fucking stupid, dumb Bitch, you thought that you could really get one over on John Jigsaw Kramer? You thought fucking wrong. And so basically, their final test is the room starts filling up with, like, I don't know, sarin gas or something. And yeah, they, they show, like, a radioactive symbol. Well, they, they, show, they show biohazard tanks, and yeah. they're just, like, dumping dry ice into the room. And we see, like, the, the, the boyfriend, like, it's, like... Dissolving Making his him skin. A also. I, I I'm assuming it's supposed to be like sarin gas or something. Well, sarin gas is like a nerve agent, so it frees you up and you wouldn't be able to move. Well, but but it also kind of gas it is. It's serendipity. But it also like breaks down your soft tissue, so you start like bleeding and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and in Saw Two, there he's pumping sarin gas into the house. That's true. Yeah, uh, he mentions it specific. He mentions the Tokyo subway tax 
specifically in Saw 2. Anyway, so they find, they realize that there's a head-sized hole, that, but there's only one of them. So one of them can survive by sticking their head out through this hole, uh, but they have to fight each other to the death. And so, of course, the evil doctor lady, who's a true sociopath, like, kills her shitty boyfriend and, you know, sticks her head out until... The gas stops and the door opens. It's, she gets out. It's so funny that... She survives. It's so funny that they... Ready for Saw XX? During, during that moment... That's ten movies away. Yeah, that's Saw XX. <laughs> that's not how that works. <laughs> no, 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 no. So the one after that is Saw XXX. That's 20 movies away. <laughs> nah, nah. Dog, it's the Saw franchise. That's the porn thing. It's, it's the Saw franchise. Not, it's not supposed to make sense. They've never skipped numbers before, you fucking... It's time. Dweeb. It's time, man. It's so funny to me that uh, in that battle that the two are having where she stabs the guy, they flash back to five minutes earlier. Yes, to Amanda (laughs) saying, like, to telling him she's going to kill you too at some point. And John is like, she's right. At some point, she's going to burn you. And as soon as he said that, I thought I was like, oh, okay, so their trap is going to be something where she has to, like, literally burn him. They didn't end up going quite that literal with it, unfortunately. I do love that they flash back to that. It's like, it just happened. Yeah, they do that a couple times when Amanda is revealed. That's classic Saw, though, again, right? It's so funny to me, though. Yeah, Yeah, when Amanda's revealed, they do the flashback to the pig mask person. Literally the previous scene. Just like literally one scene before <laughs> it's like like flashing except, back. except this time she pulls off her mask and you see it's a man it's like we just we got just it just in case you know for any goldfish watching like yeah. just gotta gotta flash back to that moment in saw fashion to uh, something we, we haven't mentioned yet is i really like the speed ramping in this movie we, did, we haven't touched on it yet, it's, but well, they, they, they did the some digital. Thing. They did some like digital, like frame blending to make it look smoother and a little bit more modern. And I liked it. I mean, stylistically, it's a return to form in like color palette. You know, they used the industrial colors. They used the well, the beginning the, the, films all to the ugly blue. filters a lot. Yeah, yeah. you know, in this well, movie, they most speed ramping the night. The funny thing about that is that most of the those movies, you know, they use the heavy blues and blue and green filters, mm. but this one they do the classic Breaking Bad thing, where since they're in Mexico, they yeah. just do the heavy yellow filter. Yeah, they're in Mexico. Yeah, they as soon as it gets into it. Mexico, everything's yellow. It's just, everything is just like deeply yellow yeah. saturated. It's great. It's it's fun. Um, I, I do think that the blue at the beginning and the yellow, like it looks better than it was done in the two thousands. Like there's better color balancing with yeah. so a more modern like hand. And, I mean, shit looks better still, now. Like, generally, shit looks better. Return to form, yeah. but I thought that was fun. Like, I mean, it's still, it's still like, it's still like, it's not good. But. It's still like desaturated, like high contrast stuff. Like any of the stuff that's like, or especially like the early stuff, like when he's sitting in the cafe outside, where he runs into the guy who like recommends the doctor to him, like. It's the classic Saw shit where outside is just, like, blown out. Just, like, everything behind him is just, like, white. <laughs> it's like, you yeah. just can't see shit. Um, but I, to circle back, like, I reject your, your Saw XX pun or joke, but uh, you are correct that, like, 
there's literally no reason they left her alive ex- other than to bring her back for Saw 11, which is certainly going to happen, right? She's like, going to team up so. with her dad. She even, she even has, like, the, you know, she got, like, a fucked up face a little bit from the gas, so you've got, like, a, you've got, like, a, a returning villain with a fucked up face. Like, they're they're going for it, man. They're See, calling their shot. that's going to be an interesting pivot. Because she was great. Tobin, Tobin Bell's obviously Jigsaw is the villain of the whole series but if you have a villain that's worse then you almost make jigsaw the quote-unquote it's gonna be great they're gonna do five they're gonna do five more of these tobin bell's gonna be 90 years old and they're all going to be stuck within the time period between (laughs) saw one and saw three they're gonna cram in they're gonna cram in five or six movies worth of like some epic battle against this woman like going all over the world that we're that they're gonna tell us this happened in between the events of saw two and saw three i will say i will say on our previous spiral episode like we talked about what what we would want out of a saw film you pitched saw 3000 i pitched saw 3000 and this movie i think makes that even more doable than before because now after after they win john kramer amanda and amanda walk out holding the young boy's hand. Yeah. And as they walk into the golden light of Mexico and the title comes in, we now have a very young character who can come back in the deep future as an adult. And, like, you know, uh, and, and not not like the, the in the spiral method, but um, who can who can set up a an AI that still has John Kramer's voice. Uh, and that's what I want. I want I want to end with laser saw traps and jetpacks and silly shit like that. It's never going to happen, but I oh, do. I want it. But I I do think there's a kernel of truth there in what you're saying, where I think they do very much leave themselves open to use this young boy character as another excuse to try to spin the, the franchise off in the present day as like another jigsaw disciple. Be fucking stupid. Yeah, saw generations with a Z or whatever. Um, yeah, that I mean, it would be fucking stupid, but also another thing worth noting is like, as you said, yeah, they walk into the, the, the beautiful yellow light of Mexico and we get the, the Saw 10 title. It's like the first Saw movie that doesn't end with a game over. Yeah, and uh, there's no theme at the very end. Usually that goes into the credits with someone slamming a door. Yeah, the game like, over that's moment. Much yeah, every movie. So mm-hmm. to have it just fade to white as they walk into the 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 future of the saw franchise with their octogenarian uh lead actor we'll we'll fucking we'll fucking see what happens we do get a a fucking marvel movie style mid-credit sequence with the hoffman reveal which is fucking stupid because like other than that like I, i told you i'd seen the articles where they're like hoffman's back but before that in the movie, he talks to him on the phone like one time and he has like one line and I'm like, that that was it. Like that was the Hoffman. But they're like, no, we are going to give you your game over moment where in the mid credit sequence we see that John and dun 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 Hoffman, he's there, have captured the the guy who gave him the the story in the first place. The guy who, who showed him his 
scar on his stomach from the surgery. It was like, it really works. And it's like, where's your scar? And he's strapped into some kind Let's of... Let's give him one. He's strapped into some kind of device that looks like it's about to shred his guts. It's like a mechanical but, hand with, like, blades, like, facing down over his belly. But they like, just they just have him in the... And the funny part, too, is they have him in the bathroom from the first Saw. They have him strung up in there. And, like, they don't explain any rules or anything to him. They just turn the device on. And then the camera, like, flies yeah. into his belly button while, like, it's spinning, spinning around. Yeah. And it's, it's like, so it's like, silly. it's it's a fucking, like, goofy mid credits because we're like, did, were they just gonna kill that guy? Well, like, and in, uh, Saw, like, four, they, they go back to that bathroom and Adam from the first movie is, like, you know, rotting. That's at the end of Saw 2. Saw 2, yeah. That's at the end of Saw 2. Yeah, they go back to the bat. They, they show back the bathroom a few times. But yeah, that's why I was making the joke earlier about fucking Lee Wanell just moldering in the bathroom while Jigsaw's traipsing around yeah. Mexico. Because, like, yeah, he's still just in there. Yeah. They just <laughs> left him in there. Um, so this movie did decent enough at the box office. Good. And it was very well received critically. You know, I can see why. This is a start of a new series. You know, they'll milk it again. Uh, how many movies do you think it'll be before Carrie Elwes comes back? Uh, do you think it oh. will come back? I mean, yeah, if, they can, if they're continuing this timeline starting from here, they have to have Carrie Elwes back. He'll be back in the next one. I'm, Probably. I'm, I'm confident so. of that. Let's do it. I, I'll yeah, I'll predict that confidently. Carrie was is back in the next one, um, and they'll let's see how his American accent is now. Uh, maybe a little bit better, but he's considerably fatter than he was back then. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. See, that'll be funny. Though. Yeah, so that'll be, yeah, they'll try to do the de-aged Cariel. It'll be, it'll be like the difference between the, the fifth season of Breaking Bad and El Camino with Jesse Plemons, where it's like they do the flashbacks at the same time, but he's like 50 pounds heavier. <laughs> um, I, one other thing I wanted to know, too, that I, 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 I only just thought about that's kind of funny is that the young boy playing soccer in that movie is roughly the age that uh, we're dating ourselves uh, pretty pretty poorly here but that that young boy is roughly the age that we were chronologically during that time yeah when that came out because I, 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 I hate to say it but like i was when 9-11 happened i was in third grade yeah so it yeah it, it's fun yeah, i was in second grade yeah. yeah so like yeah we're roughly the age of like that that young boy there i think yep. it's kind of weird um <laughs> and funny and sure enough i have been a disciple of john kramer my entire I, life i this is like it's like saw 2 was the first one of the first like modern horror movies i saw i was in like eighth grade at camp yeah. and i watched it on an iphone i mean we grew up with these movies, iPhone, sorry, and most iPod. of them most of them suck but like i'm so just like from having grown up with them like i'm so fucking invested in this in these stupid fucking movies, most of which are, like, sub-three-star movies, like, the vast majority. And still, I've seen them all so many goddamn times. And here we are, and by God, this movie has shown me hope. Let's let's rate this, boys. Um, Again, this is a Saw movie. I, I can't praise it too highly, but by God... They. This is probably top three, in in the the yeah. series. This is probably top three in twenty twenty three. They this made probably it top to three. Three get it that high. Three and a half out of five. Three and a half. Out <laughs> three of five. and a half out of five. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm gonna mirror that. I again, this feels like a back to basics saw movie. It it's much simpler in its structure and less convoluted, um, and that works for what it is. Uh, I think you know a little bit of the campiness is gone because of that, but uh, it's a lot more coherent. It's uh, a lot more streamlined, and the kills are really gruesome and fun. And it's self-reflective. Um, yeah. <laughs> weirdly, yeah. Weirdly, it's weirdly yeah. self-reflective. Um, yeah, I think it's the best Saw movie since two. Honestly, Agreed. yeah. Um, I'm gonna give it a three and a half as well. Clay? Yeah, it's a it's a strong three and a half. This movie is almost a four to me. I I, I had such a great time. It's just because we just it's just because we just got out of yeah, it. No, yeah, three and no, a half is the right score, bro. Is, this is, is right is it, where it should say a fucking four star movie. Come yeah, on. I know. It is great. It is. It was the, fun. It's a strong. I, I you know what I I do think this movie's great though. At least you know again for. For a Saw movie, it is. For a Saw movie, it's fucking great. And I'll, I'll and, give you know, it. It's a horror movie, too. I'll give you that. I gotta say, those kills ruled. Those were great kills, and that's important in a horror film. Yeah. Like, I think the horror was good. And again, I was earnestly squeamish. The way I was squeamish the first time I saw, like, scenes from Hostel, or even to name a, a, a much, much better film, uh, like Audition or something mm. like that. Like, there was proper gore here that earnestly made my stomach turn. Yeah. And that is awesome and unexpected in a in a in a saw film. Uh desensitized as I am to this, this well, Yeah, well that's a that's a twenty twenty three. That's a, well a, done. a strong unanimous three and a half out of five for Saw Ten. Um bizarrely the absolute best case scenario for what this movie could have been. Yeah. The absolute yeah. best case scenario. Um is it, it it hit the peak for these movies, which is a strong three and a half out of five. So if you're a Saw person, I can actually recommend this one. Next week, next week is good, but the evil the evil times are coming. I beheld a red sunrise. Oh no. So, oh man, please no. Exorcist, Exorcist Believer is already out, and uh. it, and we're getting we're gonna get to it soon. It's been flopping its way around already, but considering that we've gone six years into the show without ever having talked about the original Exorcist, it felt in bad taste to talk about Exorcist Believer without at least having devoted an episode to the original. So that's what we're doing next week. I think the new one will require that context. I think it will, and I'm... What it's also going to do, I'm afraid, is it's going to uh, make the flaws of the new one that much more apparent, having come so fresh from uh, the original. Anyway, next week we can actually look forward to something nice before the evil times when we talk about one of the most important... Really good. One of the most important horror films ever made, William Friedkin's classic, The Exorcist. So rest in peace. Don't miss that one. Rest in peace. One of the greatest haters of all time. Love man. All right, let's we do a quick sponsor. Quick sponsor. Oh, oh shit! Yeah. Predictions. Oh, yeah, predictions. Not, no, no sponsor, but predictions this week. So saw ten. So for Rotten Tomatoes, I predicted thirteen. Tease, you predicted forty-eight, and Cleve, you predicted seventy-nine. Ooh, I think Cleveland might actually Right now, it's sitting at an 80. Yo! Holy shit, wow, you were really close. Good. You were optimistic. Crazy. You went into yeah. this optimistic, and you were rewarded. Crazy high for 
a, a solid movie, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I wanted Absolutely. it. I wanted it to be good at that time. I mean, Presently, I walked into that movie with pretty low expectations. Yeah, I went in expecting bad and was rewarded, so I'm, I'm happy to lose this one. Yeah. I'm happy to for my cynicism to not be rewarded. So uh, for opening weekend, uh, <laughs> I predicted $34 million. TCU predicted 35 Cleve, you predicted 40 Right now, it is... For opening weekend, uh, it grossed $18.3 million. Damn. Okay. So I got it just by yeah. being the lowest. <clears throat> Honestly, still, we probably we probably all still are I, way over. I will say that. $18 million, pretty good. Respectable. You know, it had a budget of $15 million, so, you know. So they're profitable opening back. weekend. Yeah. yeah, good, good. Um, for collective rating, I said 1.8. TC said 2. Cleef, you said 4. Hey. Once again, so Cleveland's, Cleveland's optimism is rewarding. You know, I think at that time. I feel like that so rarely happens. I'm happy you know, for you. Know, you. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I think, I, I'm trying to remember back why, and I think at that point when we made our predictions, it was known that Tobin Bell was reprising the role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And We've known I, that for a while. And... I, I stand by it. It's not the puppet. It's Tobin Bell that is the face of this franchise. Yeah, I don't think anybody would was ever yeah. arguing God, against God, that. Sob the, the Spiral does. And, and well, yeah, Spiral does, but that's why Spiral sucks. Yeah. That's why Spiral's a bad movie. Yeah, it's got some good things, but yes. Yeah, okay, and, but it's not a good movie. Yeah, but man, fucking, yeah, this this did it. Put Hell yeah. On there. yeah. So uh, taglines and additional comments... I said, uh, John Kramer is now a cyborg. Deal with it. Um, I also said with Kevin Gruder at the helm, this will be much worse than Spiral, but it'll also be a lot more fun. It was a lot more fun. It was more fun, but also much better. Yeah. Um, TC said, at least Jigsaw is back, I guess. And you said... uh, That's true. It will be worse than the various ideas for Saw sequels we've pitched on the show. Which, I mean, that's what? probably still, still true. true. That's yeah. probably still true, but that's... Um, I like what they did. Yeah. yeah. And then, Cleve, you said, robot slash AI Tobin Bell. If only. Um, you said, my script is 100% accurate laser saw traps. Damn it. Damn. Um, we did not get any laser maybe, saw traps. Maybe someday. Yeah. Maybe the lasers will be back someday. Um, Megan, okay. I think it's easier for them to do it now than ever. Yeah. I really hope they don't do that. Um, anyway, let's do a super quick sponsor uh, and then wrap this. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Speed run sponsor time. Here we go. The shelf speaks to us. What does it say? Oh, my God. The horror. Oh, God. What is this episode sponsored by? The le- the nasty, the nasty little man who lives in your mouth. Get him to stop saying those words. You're going to get canceled. You need to cut that out. Get Silence that man. He's nasty. He's in your mouth. Get him out of there. He's saying things. He's saying mean things, and he's gonna get you canceled. His name's Tobin Bell. But no, I, but he's I a good like Tobin Bell. He's a good, he's a beautiful man. Oh my god! <laughs> what's he doing in there? Get him what's out of your mouth. Get out of there. Rip the little man out of your mouth. All right. Well, you charge rent for that. That'll do it for us this week. If you like the show, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Shout out to our honorary pod boys, Sam, Zach, Micah, and Mitchell. Y'all are the best. We do this for you. 
you can also follow us at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. For my recommendation slash shout-out this week, I'm going to shout-out uh, one of Cleveland's co-workers, actually, who's a mutual, friendly acquaintance of mine, Luke. Uh, he's in a uh, uh, grindcore project. Been around. They've been doing their shit Stop. for for a, a hot minute, um, uh, and they just put out a new record uh, called Towering Failures. Uh, the band is Atomsk. Um, and they're really good. And if you like grindcore, you want something nasty and grinding, then check it out. Support them on Bandcamp. Pick up a vinyl. I did. Um, Hell yeah. So, yeah. Shout out Atomsk and uh, their new album. Check it out. Um, for my shout out this week, I want to shout out the most saw pilled game I've ever played, I think. Um, it's a game called Deception 4. Um, it is on PS3, PS4, and I think PS5 too. Um, but essentially, it's a game where you're a woman possessed by uh, a demon, and they want to grow in power by killing as many people as possible. And a bunch of people are sent into this mansion to stop you, and your job is to kill them. The thing is, uh, you can't attack them at all. Instead, what you do is set elaborate saw-like traps. Okay, so so it's Bloons Tower Defense. Sort of. It's real time, and, uh, you know, you run room to room as they chase you down, and you create traps. Check it out. I'm also going to shout out a saw-related game. By one of my uh, friends and colleagues, Christopher Yabsley, uh, who did The Fruit in the Fourth Dread Collection. Just incredible game. Um, he also did Pigsaw as well, which I think is very relevant. Um, wonderful game about the, the horrors of consumerism and pigs and saws. It's a tight game. You can get on itch and Steam now. You can get on Steam as well. I would highly recommend it. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll saw you next time. Bye.